What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Run Your Mouth Podcast. We're here in the living room. Saturday morning, going to give you a rundown of everything. And look at that. St. Michael hopping on right away. You know what? There should be a award for whoever is the first person to hop on to, like, the stream. I'm going to work on that. I'm going to get a new sponsor, and that's going to be a thing because you never know when these streams are coming on. So we're going to make it like a fucking lottery. If you hop on first, maybe I'll mail you, like, a sandwich in the mail or, like, a gift certificate. We're going to do that. I'm going to talk to Robert. Robert's coming on later in the show. Maybe we'll make that the 2023 sheath promotion. And as long as we're talking about Robert, uh, immediately following the show, if you go to the sheath YouTube page, he will be doing a live episode where you can win a hundred dollars worth of sheathware. That's the sheath live stream on the sheath YouTube channel at noon Eastern. All right. I hope everyone's having uh, you know, a good start to their new year. Um, I'm doing pull-ups and rye whiskey. That's my new workout regimen is uh, I, I've cut the cake. I'm off the cake, but I'm back on 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 drinking and smoking weed at night. I got my nice little vape pen from YoDelta.com. Use promo code Rob. You get yourself a RYM. You get twenty percent off. But that that's the life I'm living now. Late at night, rye whiskey during the day. I mean, at the evenings, and then all day. It's just pull ups, squats, push ups. I don't even leave this house. It's like a. It's, I'm on a prison regiment where we're just going to be doing more run your mouths, and I'm going to get fucking shredded, dudes. So you you want to join me? You get yourself some sheath underwear. You start doing pull-ups, squats, and you drink yourself some rye whiskey. All right, let's uh, let's uh, get right into it because we do have quite a few news topics to discuss. We've got Stephen coming on who will be doing a uh, update on everything about because, you know, there's been interesting things going on in football. Stephen, because we're going to be discussing this stuff not on YouTube in a little bit, Stephen's become a very big football fan. He used to be our resident nine scientist. He used to inform us on all the things that no one else was seemingly able to cover uh, about new things that existed in the world come 2020. We're being very cryptic here. We don't want the YouTubers to know exactly what we're discussing. So we're being very careful with our words. But now Steven's become a very big football fan. And so later in the episode, we're going to get to that. But first, let's do a rundown of some of the week's biggest topics. What do we got? What do we got? All right. On today's episode, first, economists are cheering that we no longer have to fear inflation. That's right. Inflation has fallen to 6.5%. And why that means you no longer have to be concerned about the fact that your money is only worth 6.5% less than it was last month when it was decreasing at a value rate of 8% while the government's pushing new spending. So everybody, we're past the inflation thing. Go read the news articles. It's fallen for six straight months. We're now hitting 6.5% a month. So you don't even need to worry about it. I mean, sure, your money's going to continue to be worth less and less. They're going to commit to spending more and more. And then they probably don't have full control over hitting that 2% target. So who knows when it's going to spike again. But the fact that it's been reduced for six straight months down to 6.5% means you don't even need to concern yourself with this anymore. Doesn't that feel nice? You might as well, everyone, just go out and spend right now. What are you going to save your money for? Inflation's practically over. What else we got? Proud Boys leader's seditious conspiracy trial starts and how aggressive prosecutors are going to be towards members of the FBI with claims from the deep wedge of footage of door opening classes. I'm going to film that sketch. I'm going to film the FBI sketch where they're dressed like uh, like the, the people in front of uh, like the valet people in front of buildings. What the fuck you call those people? You know, the people with like the doorman. I, I, maybe that was the word I was looking for. It was right there. I really shouldn't have missed that word. That one was right there. I think I'm talking about doorman at fancy buildings. I'm going to run the FBI class where, uh, you know, you got to take your, your doorman classes to make sure that in the event of a riot that you may or may not have uh, put together with Nancy Pelosi, you're, you're at the front lines and you're able to get other people into the building so that they can be arrested at a later point in time. All right. We got more topics. That's not the end. Concierge. Thank you. Forest mommy's coming, coming through with the words I was looking for. I'm going to go with doorman though. I feel like that one was more obvious, but concierge that's no. Cause I think the, I don't think I was thinking of a concierge. Concierge is the person on the inside that you can ask them for make arrangements for you, but then you got to feel weird because you never have single dollar bills on you. And then you always think you're going to tip later. And then you don't want to tip later. It becomes a thing. The concierge just makes the arrangements. The doorman's the, the guy who opens the door. It's nice and simple. I don't think we have to debate this one. All right. What else we got? Survey. Percentage of Americans believing anti-Semitic conspiracy theories rises sharply, proving that education is on the upswing since the pandemic. So that's pretty good. You know, people are all like, hey, no one's learning anything. But apparently, you know, people have learned something. You know, it's not all bad. And then here, nearly twice as many Americans believe in anti-Semitic conspiracy theories and tropes now than in 2019, according to an Anti-Defamation League survey. 
But are there Jews going to do anything to act less Jewy? We explore what the JDL survey looks like. All right, there you go. I forgot to play the intro music, but just pretend. You know, maybe you guys can re-listen to all those news stories and then just play like that fancy news music in your own brain so that it all flows. I think you guys get where I'm coming from. All right, first news story. We got the FAA glitch. Grounded flights across the country. And here's what I find most concerning. They don't know what happened. For 25, 30, 50 years, I don't know how long we've had American airplanes in this country. You've been able to fly. And sure, occasionally uh, there was a problem. Occasionally a door didn't open. Uh, the gate thing couldn't get there. Some kid puked. There, there were holdups. It's not like we had a perfect system. But in my lifetime, I never heard of the FAA system going down. And so you get the FAA system goes down. They keep everyone grounded for an entire morning. And then they go, all right, well, it, it's resolved, but we don't know what happened. And doesn't that make you more nervous? Because that means that it could happen at just about any time. So that's their official statement is, hey, guys, you don't have to be concerned about the FAA because uh, it could just fail at any time again at any minute. Even while you're in the air, I mean, you could be in the air and then they could decide nobody can land because the FAA system's down. Or you could be about to be, you know, what my biggest fear with the plane is, is just getting when you get stuck on the fucking tarmac. Is there anything worse than just being stuck on the tarmac? You got no idea how long you're going to be there for. They tell you, you still got to keep that seatbelt on. You got to keep your city. It's like we're not even moving. Where you are, you get a lot of collisions going. You get a lot of collisions going once the planes are just sitting on the runways. Are you guys that inefficient that you get planes that just keep crap? Well, why don't you get wear the seatbelt for? But they want you wearing that seatbelt because they know you take that seatbelt off. It just takes one person that jumps up to get to their overhead, and then everyone starts getting up to the overhead. And you always got to like it when you got one sprinter in the back, one person who's there who thinks that even though he's in the back row, he can just grab his case and get all the way up to the front before the people in the first class, and it never works out. It never works out because then somebody box him out. Someone sees that guy's coming. He goes, oh, we got a runner here. And he goes, I'm not going to come in front of me. So I don't know what I was getting at. Um, but, you know, the good news is the FAA was down for a day. For a day. Poop, peep, Buttigieg, he's gone, listen, I'm, I've been put in charge of this. And I could have been president. I mean, I'm a qualified individual here. And uh, I take transportation so seriously. I pretend like I bike myself to work. And so, you know, all these talks of the renovations I was going to be doing to make sure that your airports look fancier, we're going to put those on hold. And I've sent a letter. And once you send a certified letter, people can't ignore you. So I've sent a certified letter to these other institutions that they got to let me know what's up. So don't worry. You don't even have to worry about it. Sure, no one knows what happened, but you don't got to worry about it. All right. What other news topics do we have coming? Um, all right. Here we go. I was going to take some comments, but they didn't really excite me. So sorry, guys. Step up your comment game. Here we go. Biden lawyers reportedly find second set of classified vice president documents in second location. All right. The classification level number and precise location of the uh, additional documents was not immediately clear. It was also not immediately clear when the additional documents were discovered and if the search for any other classified materials Biden may have from the Obama administration is complete. But I don't understand. Why don't we just assume that it was nuclear codes? Why aren't we just on the news going, all right, well, we don't know what it was. So it's probably the most dangerous thing that ever existed. I mean, if he had piles in his house, it was clearly things he wanted to sell to the Chinese. Why else would he have things in his house? I mean, something like, uh, I mean, it, it, they should just, why aren't we jumping to a level 17 right away? He actually had a nuclear submarine in his garage. They had secret technology. It was like Ant-Man where he shrunk it. He was kept in it in the thing. And then if anything went wrong at any point in time, he'd be able to blow it up and he'd have his own nuclear sub, except he doesn't know how to safely operate it. So then we would just have a nuclear sub sitting in the middle of the streets of Washington, D.C. How come we don't have news reporters spinning these kind of stories? I mean, if we're not sure what was in there, I mean, shouldn't we just assume that it was the absolute worst and most dangerous things possible? There's something great about Donald Trump that he just is like this giant mirror that for some reason, when people go after him, you know what I mean? It just seems to shine a light back onto them. Like there's something about the way the matrix is set up that for some reason, when you go after Trump, you just end up fucked for the same things. Unless maybe this is a way of trying to get them all out of the race. Hey, we can't have these old guys working in this office. They're clearly all bad with paperwork. And this entire government bureaucracy, well, it runs off an efficient 
uh, filing of paperwork. And we can't have us putting classified markings on things that aren't that important than presidents just bringing it to their home, claiming that they declassified it. No, we need structure and order here. We've got librarians who are supposed to be sorting through all this paperwork and we can't have old people being this reckless. I mean, if they're being this reckless with paper, isn't that the funny that that becomes like where uh, the highest form of corruption it's like we don't look into Hunter Biden. We don't look to whether or not this guy's been bought by the Chinese. We don't look at any of that information. But if there's one thing the government won't let you fuck up, it's proper paperwork. I mean, it's DMV standards for everybody. You, you can't. You, 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 I don't care if you've been standing in the wrong line. You're supposed to have that form. Now you're in this. That's not the way this thing works. I mean, even at the highest levels, you think you got to be president and all of a sudden you're beyond doing proper paperwork. It doesn't work that way. We're holding people to the most uh, to the highest of standards. This picture was making the round because uh, there was this Dukey moment on uh, uh, where the Duke man goes. Uh, and by the way, the Duke man, you know, he's selling it a little bit. He's making this thing out to be a bigger scandal than it is. Who cares? Bunch of documents. I don't care about documents. It's only funny because after they're giving Trump such a hard time about documents, turns out this guy, he's also bringing home documents. And then not only is he bringing home documents, this is an excuse. So Dukey goes, what were you thinking? And he goes, well, I, it was in a locked garage. You know, it's where the Corvette is. I, I had a locked like that. Like, yeah, that's the secure facility. The secure facility is that it was inside his garage. And then someone made, uh, found this picture. And they're like, are those the papers? <laughs> it literally just has boxes in the background behind his Corvette. It's completely just, I mean, this is the one I, if I somehow managed to become pregnant, this is the way I would operate too. That I would just have boxes in the garage. Someone would go out for a beer and go, hey, man, you know, you got nuclear codes over there. I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I got to get those back at some point. You know, it's uh, that's on my to do list. We'll get there. I know. I know I, the, the file shouldn't be there. You get the beers or not. All right. One more thing on this one. So we got special counsel to investigate Biden's handling of classified information. And here's the quote. Biden said he was cooperating fully and completely and is committed to doing everything he can to return the ketchup bottles to the White House. So don't worry. Biden totally understands the uh, situation. He understands the gravity of uh, what's transpired. And uh, he's fully committed to doing everything he can. And then here was another nonsense claim. So this one came from NPR. We are confident that a thorough review will show that these documents were inadvertently misplaced and the president and his lawyers acted promptly upon the discovery of this mistake. So firstly, the idea that the lawyers acted promptly when this is seven years after he's out of office, eight years out of office, hey, we, we got right on. Well, there was some incompetence here. I mean, if you're telling me that these documents are classified and they're super important, you can't now tell me you acted promptly. This certainly isn't prompt. Prompt would have been if a month after he left office, and ah, shit, I fucked up. Every time I go to see a beer, I'm looking at uh, at codes for nuclear submarines. That would be promptly. I mean, I guess even more diligent would be not taking them. I mean, why specifically this batch of files? I mean, if, if you're going to have a box of files that you want to have ready right in your garage that's just misplaced right next to your refrigerator like that, and you're keeping it by the Corvette, why is it this box of files? Why specifically these classified documents? Is that the to-go bag? Is that you got the JFK files? People start coming after you. You throw that into your trunk. You just start heading west. Or are those the files to gain access to some facility in the middle of the desert that they stash the aliens in? And so there's actually just one flying saucer. And you think if you can get there before the other politicians that have access to this classified document documents, you might be able to take sail to that other distant planet where the other politicians, elite and lizard people live. And so you might be able to escape the nuclear war. Is that what's going on here? Is that why you got these papers right next to your Corvette? You got evacuation plans that are only supposed to be for the current sitting president that if something were to happen, he can run to the secure facility that's got the that's got the uh, UFOs to bring them safely with the lizard people to another planet. Is that what's going on? And you were keeping it right by your Corvette so you could just stash it into the trunk and make a run for it. You're not even going to call Hunter Biden. Maybe he's the one person. Hunter, it's time. Grab the Chinese girls. We got to go. Hey, nuclear war. We got to get to the facility. All right. I mean, it leaves questions to be answered, which means that there's nothing to do but to make up complete and utter bullshit in order to fill in the blanks. That's what I told you guys. That's the show now. Nobody knows. Nobody's reporting. I'll give you the most interesting, nonsensical explanation. This was the other part that I enjoyed about this, is that he said that the documents were inadvertently misplaced. Well, I guess so. It was an accident. 
It was just a mistake. Well, kind of like Trump. Trump mistakenly thought that he declassified the documents. Turns out he classified the documents. No big deal. So I guess having classified documents, no big deal. No big deal. Hey, we found out seven years later, we acted promptly. That's promptly in government. That's actually promptly. That is promptly. That 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 is getting things done. Hey, it only took us seven years to recognize this. So, you know, we're, we're ahead of schedule. All right, let's take a couple comments. I mean, I've been getting after a couple days off, a couple days of rest, all this pull-ups and rye whiskey, and uh, got some real energy coming at you. Forest Mommy, proper paperwork for the government is shredding it. Matt. Mark Haskins, inflation now a low 6.5%. Exactly. What else we got? David Allen, paperwork is the biggest weakness of the deep state. They need paperwork to make things happen. Oh, and a lot of companies and a lot of departments. All right, we'll take one more. Larry Bird Jr. Chevy must be coming out with an e-Corvette. I haven't heard anyone talk about Corvettes this much in decades. Last, St. Michael agreeing with Forrest Mommy. All right, I think I had one more on this. So this was from the New York Post. They're claiming that this whole Biden thing. Here, I'll read it to you. The University of Pennsylvania received more than 30 million from Chinese donors shortly after the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement, which functioned as an office for Joe Biden before he was elected president, was announced in 2017, according to public records. And uh, really, the Chinese, they were just uh, returning Hunter Biden's hooker money. You know, he was there for a couple of years buying up all these girls and they were just like, all right, you know, we can't just have the Bidens running, uh, going broke because of Hunter's hooker habits. And so they collected the money and gave it back to him. No, some fishy stuff going on there. Can I say for certain that this was the center by which the Chinese were making their payments to the Bidens so he could sell them secrets? Absolutely not. But, you know, looping you guys in. That's the storyline that the New York Post is spinning. All right. Now let's take a moment and plug another one of our sponsors, Jake's Mint Chew. If you guys are into CBD, you like the CBDs, you find yourself all anxious, you want some of the benefits, well, you can get yourself the delicious pouches from Jake's CBD. Firstly, if you're a disgusting, gross human being who still chews uh, nicotine, you know, don't do that anymore. This is a good way to quit. You put this right in your gums. It's delicious. You get some of the calming, delicious benefits of CBD. Or if you're just a fan of CBD in general, then why not support our sponsor, Made in America? Uh, uh, I think Massachusetts to be exact. And if you go to jakesmintchew.com, they got a whole line of products. They got delicious pouches. And then, of course, they got gummies. They got soaps. They got all sorts of fun stuff. So go to jakesmanchew.com. Use promo code ROB. You're going to get yourself 15% off, I think. I think I'm pretty sure that was the promo code. And anyways, I'm telling you guys, I like this stuff. Pouches taste good. Put them on your gums. Get the benefits of CBDs. It's all a good time. And it's not like uh, calories of eating cake. So there you go. You, you can quit smoking. You cannot have the calories of eating cake. And you can have delicious CBD. And you can support the show. Has there ever been more things that you could get done all in one transaction? I don't think so. All right. Now, everybody, that was a uh, look at. We, we did 20 minutes on YouTube. So for all you people who are watching live on YouTube, and I've enjoyed your comments, and we're going to revamp the studio so we got another system for comments, but I like to be a respectful individual of the YouTube community. I understand it. YouTube has a certain community that they're looking to cultivate and sometimes the information that I have is not suitable to that community. I just like to be an upstairs YouTube. If you're listening right now, or lords of censorship, I'm doing everything I can to try and be a respectful member of your community. And so as I believe that this conversation might be too informative for your platform, that's what I think. I think the, the members of your community, they only like a certain degree of information. And if things become a little bit too informative, that's a little too much. So we're going to go somewhere else. You know where we're going to go? I'm going to pull us down from Twitter, right? I mean, from uh, YouTube right now. But if you go to Twitter, uh, name's Robbie the Fire. Uh, we will remain live. And maybe I'll pull up my Twitter. If you guys want to respond over there, I can pull up uh, I can pull up the uh, the comments. And then also I'm live on Twitch. Uh, all right, coming down. And then we are going to pull up Steven and get into some news stories here. Hold on one second, everybody. We're almost there. We're almost there. Oh, we're also live on Odyssey. All right. Oh, yeah. We're on, Mr. Steven. Let me grab my headphones here. What's up? What's buddy? up? What's up? Doing good. Doing good. All right. I got a couple of news stories I want to run through with you. We'll do them kind of fast. And then 
got a series of questions because I'm looking for the update, Mr. Steven. And it looks to me like you, you got a few off. We got you. Is this uh, what happened to? Is this new for the the new year? You got a new office or plugging Bitcoin instead of that little uh, beach resort that was the dream vacation? Oh yeah, well see that's my other wall, dude. We're, we're basically going through my head right now. One side's Bitcoin, the other side's palm trees and beaches. Got it, got it. All right, so this I just thought was a funny article. It was from uh, Yahoo Life, and it was people are blaming COVID vaccines for sudden deaths and more. Here's why experts say it's harmful. <laughs> And what was made this such a fun read was I was like, oh, they're admitting they're admitting they're now acknowledging, hey, there's some significant issues here. And then in their spin of going, hey, here's why you shouldn't be concerned. Right. Uh, it's funny to me because I'm reading this and I'm like, if I was a person who was playing ball the entire time, I'm reading the news and I'm like, hey, this COVID thing is real. I better get the vaccine. Everyone else is a conspiracy theorist. If I was reading this article, I'd start being like, oh, shit, there's a problem. So I'm going to read because uh, I kind of condensed it. And then, Stephen, you can give me your insights. We'll go through this. I got some other articles and then you're going to give us the latest. So the first okay. one was... Why do some people, this is from the article, why do some people immediately blame COVID vaccines after a serious health problem or death? And so I summarized this part, the other parts I didn't summarize, but basically they said uh, they're answering uncertainty. We don't like when there's uncertainty. So we don't like seeing incidents of people just dropping dead. And there were so many people who spoke out against the vaccine that even if there isn't good evidence, they just want to be right. But I guess what's funny about this is that that uncertainty existed two years ago, right? Exactly. In in the studies. <laughs> and we'll talk about how it showed up in the original study as well, right? So this whole this whole circling back is it's really amazing. It's more of a smoking gun than I ever thought we would have, but please continue. All right. Here was the next part from this article. Why are some people more afraid of the vaccine than they are of COVID? However, Amon points out that the vaccine development process may have felt rushed for some people, <laughs> noting that the vaccine rollout was a bit bumpy, she adds. That made people not only question the reliability of government officials and government agencies, but also question if they could trust science. Doesn't that sound like a reasonable explanation? Like, this is them saying why people are absurd for not trusting it. This is, but they're sp they can't even spin it. I'm reading that, and I'm like, oh, I guess those people did make sense. Hey, you got a call coming in? Oh. I think you're uh, you're you're playing the news for the. Uh, oh, I, I, I am, dude. I'm sorry about that. Please continue. It's all good. All right. Next was what are the more common risks with COVID vaccines? So for a while, right, there were no problems. There was there were zero issues. Why were you even messing an issue? Now they're trying to take the issues and going, hey, no big deal. You don't even need to be concerned with these issues. But now, if you were a person playing ball the entire time and you're reading an article explaining to you why people that are bashing on the vaccines are crazy. And then you saw this of what are the common risks with COVID vaccines? Take a look at that, Stephen. Wouldn't you go, oh God, I guess there is, <laughs> I guess there is something here. What, what, what immediately strikes me is that we've all seen these drug commercials on TV where the side effects are longer than the actual fucking commercial, correct? Right. But never has anyone, has anyone heard of any side effects in any of the advertisements that we've had? Yeah, that is interesting that uh, it's typical for uh, any drug medication, even when it goes through the whole process, that they have to tell you about the side effects. Even and the lame always, ones. Right. And they always make it as cheerful as possible. They go, <laughs> I, like, you just see the guy, the dance and the run in and they're like, you might be shitting your pants in public with thoughts of suicide and wanting to kill your own mother. One percent right. of people's eyeballs fall out of their living skull. But then you just see them walking because yeah. the whole time they've been in the house uh, miserable till they took the medication. All right. So what are the common risks with COVID vaccines? No vaccine is risk free. And there are some risks and side effects associated with getting the COVID vaccine. But according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, severe re reactions to vaccine are rare. While myocarditis has gotten the most attention, it occurs. It actually occurs extremely rarely. Goes on. But there you go. At least they're acknowledging, yeah, there are some side, but they're rare. They're very rare. And then lastly, why is misinformation about COVID vaccines and sudden death harmful? 
Misinformation like COVID vaccines and sudden death is rampant online and experts say it's harmful. This type of misinformation turns people away from an incalculably valuable tool in the fight against COVID. Incalculably valuable. Just trust us. We can't even calculate how valuable it is. All right. Article number one. (laughs) Article number two. You and I, we've spoken quite a bit about the uh, stupidity of pushing the vaccine. But something that I feel like might have gotten lost in the mix over the last three weeks as people are discussing side effects is that that really wasn't the point. The point was more, hey, the lockdown, the, really the issue was the lockdowns and the response to COVID and the, mandate, and the, yeah. and the mandates that right. seemingly existed to push the vaccine. So in part of attacking the lockdowns, we pointed to the fact of, hey, this vaccine's not even that good. Why are you guys working so hard to sell it? But the worst aspect of it was that they shut down life for people. (laughs) People still have bad habits. There were extraordinary consequences from the mandates and the lockdowns. And so that kind of was the bigger error that they made was in terms of shutting down the country, uh, forcing people not to work their jobs. And I can tell you as a person who did not care about COVID and did my best to kind of continue. And like, I was lucky my job podcasting, like everything I could do, I could do from home. It still took its toll. It's like, I went from doing stand up all the time to having months that I was at home watching Netflix drinking. Like there were definitely habits that I had been moved on for. Like we all, I'm saying we all fell into a collective funk. And as a country, we moved on from this idea of like, we're fucking America and we work to we panic and we stay home and there's socialism and the government can just send you checks. It was quite a pivot in terms of the very, very fabric of, and by the way, Steve, I gotta be honest. I I thought I was going to get to you later, which is why you're listening to me rant a bunch, but don't worry. I got, I got, I got, I got mad questions for you, Steven. No, dude, I like it. It's, it's like, it's more, it's like I'm an audience member of your podcast. It's like, you know, it's like a late (laughs) night show. Hell yeah. All right, fine. So let me read. Do you just freeze on me or did I freeze on you? Am I? Nope. I think, uh, I think you froze on me. Sorry. I think I froze there for a second. All right. So I want to read this. This is from wall street opinion piece. Non COVID excess deaths have shown no signs of diminishing at least through mid 2022. We now have more overdose deaths each year than all military deaths of the last 60 years combined. Homicides, accidents, and alcohol deaths are collectively running tens of thousands per year above pre-pandemic norms. Given the substantial weight gains that were common during the pandemic lockdowns, non-COVID natural deaths from heart disease and diabetes seem unlikely to recede soon. So just take a step back from the vaccine and let's refocus on the fact that the mandates were an absolute and epic failure and that they existed only so that they could try and sell and push this vaccine as the only cure. And the vaccines never had proof of utility. Now we're having more of a conversation about the fact that there's harmful effects. Uh, It doesn't change the fact that the mandates were uh, stupid. And All right, Stephen. Epoch Times. Do you ever read the Epoch Times? What's your opinion on the Epoch Times? Oh, man, I'm familiar with it. But, um, you know, I guess I guess there's a little bit there's a spectrum of I I don't really know who's the good source of news. I guess you'd say Substack. And then there's like, uh, what is it called? Like the Babylon Bee. And then like and then I think Epoch Times is like in the middle. Okay, my take on the Epoch Times was always that they seem to be too far out there for me to uh, deem as credible. Now, right. not that's not to say that they're wrong, and that's not to say that they don't necessarily have uh, good signals of. Stephen, am I freezing up on my end, or is it you on your end? Um, I think uh, you are on your end, but it's getting a little bit less long, and it's coming together. So I think it might just be temporary. All right, studio improvements coming soon. One of which is we're going to get rid of Optimum. We're finally going to do it, and I'll record the phone call when I call to cancel, so that everyone everyone can feel the victory collectively. All right, That's the awesome. Epoch Times uh, wrote an article. They claim to have won a Freedom of Information Act, uh, and with the Freedom of Information Act, 
uh, I don't know if you saw this, but it might be worth no. taking a look at the article. Uh, but their claims were that essentially the CDC had reported that there were no signals of problems with the vaccine. But after winning the Freedom of Information Act, it was very apparent that the CDC did have signals. That's a key word. That doesn't mean that there were an overwhelming majority of people that were dropping dead. It means that if you were looking at the VAERS reporting or other injury reporting tools that the CDC had, there were signals of a problem. And so what I have in front of you is a letter based off the Epoch Times article, which also makes me think maybe the Epoch Times is a little bit more credible uh, than I gave them credit for, is that Ron Johnson wrote a letter to uh, Wolowinski, Wolowinski, the director of the CDC, basically saying that if the information is true uh, that the Epoch Times has reported on based on their winning of a Freedom of Information Act, then you blatantly lied to me when I had requested information at this point in time about if there were any signals of problems. <laughs> we we know it. We know it's a lie. And, and we'll talk about it later. That's kind of what I prepared and what we've already been talking about. Yeah. All right. Let me I'll read you guys the right letter. This is from Ron Johnson to uh, Walla Walla Winsky. Uh, letters and yet CDC continues to hide this and other information from my office and ultimately the American people. In your September 6, 2022 response to my previous letters, you wrote that the results from the PRR analysis were generally consistent with empirical Bayesian data mining, revealing no, no additional unexpected safety signals. Given the hundred of adverse events listed in the published PRR tables, CDC must explain how it determined what is and is not an unexpected safety signal. The American people have a right to know the extent to which your agency was aware and tracked COVID-19 vaccine adverse events. Your lack of transparency is unacceptable without immediately providing complete and reliable information about COVID-19 vaccine <laughs> adverse events. You're obstructing congressional oversight and leaving the public in the dark. All right. So, Stephen, let's get into some questions. The first question I got for you, our resident non-scientist been right about everything related to covid I see the athletes droppings in America and I go, all right, listen, could be a signal, could be interesting. I don't take, I don't look at any one single event and go, Hey, do you got a cat behind you? Oh yeah, I do. Oh, oh hell yeah. This all is, right. This is, this is bear. Yeah. Don't mind him. All good. All good. I couldn't cool. tell if maybe there was a snake like creeping over <laughs> your right shoulder because I can just see the tail. All right. Okay. Anyways. Cool. Uh, so I didn't jump on it to go. All right. This is clearly from the vaccine, but I was like, this is interesting and it could be, but you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be like the, like what the news companies did before COVID where you'd have one off people's getting six, they blow up the one story and they make everyone all concerned. So I hand it back to you with an understanding of the fact that the vaccine could be causing heart issues, but I'm wondering if based off of the additional incidences that we've seen, we now saw college, uh, a uh, football player, I believe, in the Army dropped uh, dropped down in the hallway. We had a basketball player. I've seen uh, scattered stories in Europe. By the way, last year's uh, end of year thing, I cut out a slide. It's always funny to me when I cut out slides from something and then they turn out to be relevant. So one of the slides that got cut out was I had a soccer player getting hit by a lightning strike. And the joke was something along the lines of that the future reporting will be about all these lightning strikes during like professional sporting events. It was something along those lines. I don't remember the specific joke. Another one that got cut out last year was I was goofing on one of the biggest conspiracies was that, uh, was that the vaccine was causing uh, problems with people's menstruation. And that turned out to be, it's funny to me to see how like nice. some of the, most ridiculous claims that were things that I was like, Hey, this is now, or here's another one. We're going to get to this one in a second. And then I promise I'll let you talk. I didn't just bring no, you on to let me talk. Was, uh, um, there was a, I, uh, I was joking about that. I had the premium unvaxxed swimmers. I even yes. register that domain. And even that was, <laughs> it's like, there's no conspiracy at this point that hasn't been, uh, except for maybe microchips that hasn't yes. been validated. So I hand it back to you. You're actually our resident non-scientist. You got a better handle on this stuff. What do you make with these uh, football players dropping down? Kill I, I've, been, I've been listening to you. I'm part of the problem. I think you've been uh, doing a really great job not jumping on this. And what's important here is cause and effect. So I think a lot of these are actually red herrings. Um, when, when you see a, a guy get hit in the chest like the NFL game, that's clearly 
you know, from from a probability standpoint, because someone hit his heart at the right time. You can see it. You can see a, an impact. Right. If we're talking about a guy walking in the hallway, that's a different story. Um, so I think obviously not all of them are going to be from COVID or the COVID vaccine, but are some of them? Uh, probably. But what's even more important than getting kind of uh, waiting for these autopsies and hopefully the information to bleed through if it is COVID spike proteins found in the blood. What's really important is what we've already know. And it's really just a simple dot connecting exercise that just goes from what is the COVID spike protein. It's on COVID, obviously. It's also the main function of the vaccine is to get your body to produce it. And what happens when that spike protein ends up in your blood? It's actually one of the most potent blood clotting mechanisms that we've seen from an infectious disease. And so the all you need is the spike protein, and it specifically targets uh, different uh, clotting platelet factors in your blood, creating extremely pro-inflammatory blood clots. And blood clots are, again, going back to cause and effect, blood clots are the cause of the myocarditis in kids. Um, I, I have a study, I'll read the abstract from here in a minute, showing that the difference between young men that suffered myocarditis from the vaccine and didn't is the presence of spike protein in their blood, which is a, which is essentially a slam dunk when you add the information that when you when you use the spike protein in a lab on animals, it's clearly shown that the spike protein causes blood clots and those blood clots cause myocarditis in young men. They can cause heart attacks in older people and also strokes are just blood clots in the brain. So let me let me ask. So essentially, when they first rolled out the uh, vaccine, they claimed that the uh, spike protein was not entering <laughs> the blood and that it was yeah. like, I, from what I understand, and it was no, like, spaying, right. no, it's it, crazy. It, which, right. which also I don't understand. I don't understand how if it's not circulating within your body, it even works. Like, I don't understand how something can stay in your arm and then work against a virus. I'm not a scientist. It makes no sense to me. All right, fine. So. You, I guess you would even think if there was an emergency authorization and they said, hey, the vaccine, we've studied it and it's not going to circulate. And then we just did a study to go, well, it's circulating. So even that would be enough to go, all right, no more of this because it's not working in the way that you studied. And now you're saying that the spike protein, if it is circulating within people's blood, it will it will certainly it, well, it's, I guess it's not an absolute, but you will have a level of blood clotting. Right. And it's of course, it's a spectrum. And this is also interesting because you can imagine the same thing happens when COVID gets systemic. Systemic is just a fancy word for in your bloodstream. So when you get a skin infection or a staph infection, you right. can go and treat it. But if you leave that shit, anyone that wrestles or goes to the gym a lot knows that if you don't treat that staph infection, it can go into your bloodstream. And once it gets into your bloodstream, you're going to the hospital for sure. And and, and the idea is that once COVID gets into your bloodstream and also the spike protein, you can imagine that it's a spectrum of people like relatively healthy people like us with healthy hearts. It's going to take a lot more to, to, to knock us down, probability speaking. Of course, we're all talking about probabilities here. If you're right. a 65-year-old with a lot of plaque in your arteries, it's not going to take that much spike protein, probability speaking, to get that one clot in the right place and take you out. And that goes with both COVID and the vaccine. So uh if people were actually interested in health, public health, we would be running studies to at least see to what extent the spike protein exists in people's blood. A hundred ten percent. And that's as easy as a blood draw and a pregnancy test, essentially. And we could be doing that like as a widespread thing just to like even at the rollout, we could have just done a test to see if this was in people's blood. And if it was in people's blood, then it probably was not working as tested and probably wasn't safe. Yeah, or blame the nurse who's not injecting it right. But either way, something's wrong. But even so, if, there, if there's a fail safe that most nurses are incapable of applying this technology correctly, then you shouldn't be rolling out the technology. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's upstream. It's upstream, right? right? So you got to you got to bite it upstream. Yeah, it's as simple as like let's say you had uh, like a new technology for a neurologist, and I know this exists where like instead of using their hands, they use the robot arms. And so let's say in a lab, you're looking at the robot arms, and you're like, this is a thousand times more precise than someone's hands. But then you go into the actual like operating room, and they keep fucking up with it. Well, then you right. go, well, <laughs> then this technology doesn't work. Like yeah. it would be the same as they give you like a new thing in your, uh, in, like a joystick in your car instead of a steering wheel. And they said that your response time was much better. And like they did in the lab and everyone's much better. And then you actually they get out there it. and yeah. it just fucking, you go, well, then it doesn't work. So in this case, 
even if the mess up is in the hands of man and the application, but it's ending up in people's, then it doesn't work. I okay. think that's a great that's a great analogy yeah. too because it goes to uh, when whenever they change something in the car. Think of how much I, I'm not a car guy. I don't really you know I don't know, but I'm going to go on a limb and say there is so much safety testing you have to give to the government before you can change something in a car, right? Like Tesla's always getting sued, or I mean maybe not, but I guess my point is they test it. They don't just say, oh hey, come and buy this new car with this new feature, and like and and then tons of people end up dead. I mean maybe the Tesla autopilot, but I, I don't think that's that crazy but um but you know what i'm saying all right so just to review in terms of athlete droppings it's still circumstantial we don't have right. widespread enough to link it and so it would be dummy science to go hey that's clearly from the vaccine however if you look at the uh application of the vaccine spike protein in the blood will lead to blood clots or it can let lead me, to blood clots to yeah, be more me, accurate let me yeah. uh, re read the abstract just so yeah it's just not me i mean it, it's it's just shocking because you, like you can i can see in like your head and all your listeners like it's just putting together the dots at this point you know it's not what i'm saying it's what these papers and the government's now admitting so here we go uh here we report that the spike protein from severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2 binds to the blood coagulation factor fibrinogen and induces structurally abnormal blood clots with heightened pro-inflammatory activity so that was in 2021 in so and this is from a different paper in those studies young adults and adolescents that suffered from rare cases of myocarditis following vaccination with mrna-based covid19 vaccine had increased levels of viral protein spike in their bloodstream found a recent report by uh, mass general hospital it's yeah it's it's pretty crazy and and now like the some of the cases that you um that you covered in the medical journals there's opinions being written by some vaccine experts that are now saying the boosters aren't safe um i saw a reuters uh excuse me a reuters article that um the cdc is now warning people over the age of 65 that they might get strokes as well from the booster um i think you might have that as well yeah i think it's uh I think you're going to be hard pressed to find a doctor that's not in the White House who's actually <laughs> recommending the boosters at this point. Um, all right. Next question I have for you. So there were a couple of articles that I sent to you in regards to the new variant and whether or not there's evidence that the uh, that people who are vaccinated are actually faring worse with the new variant. To give the broad strokes on this, it was something that you somewhat predicted that the uh, vaccine would actually work as a receiver for new variants. For one and for two, it would weaken your like your other uh, general immunity systems for uh, disbanding of the virus, uh, which right. is something I read about today. So I'll hand it back to you if you want to explain this newest BA52 thing that Jimmy Fallon was uh, singing about and uh, whether or not it, there, I guess there's evidence at this point that people who are vaccinated are actually faring worse against it. Right, right. Well, yeah, first, just back to that mechanism. So ideally, the, they were vaccinating everyone with that original spike protein. And so that puts, puts the pressure on the virus to mutate. So that's actually going back to what we talked about, too, that these vaccines and the mandates for everyone to get vaccinated, even though there wasn't a good efficacy and people were still getting infected, actually caused these mutations. It was baiting the virus to come up with a way to get around this kind of half-baked immunity against the original COVID that we had. And so in part of that mechanism, not just in coronaviruses, but every virus, instead of just changing so our antibodies uh, just don't work, they'll actually change in a way that our own antibodies and systems actually help the virus get into cells. And so that's kind of the way that uh, a bad leaky vaccine, especially given while new variants are being created, can actually select for variants that, that not only aren't affected by our defenses, but actually use our defenses against us. And that's part of the receptor thing. Um, and, and, that, and, that's, and that just goes back to a totally unscientific way of creating this vaccine and then keep forcing it on people. So what's your what's your prediction? Do you think that the because that was kind of the doomsday scenario is that natural <laughs> yeah. immunity would click in and we would move on from this virus and that it was stupid to panic about the doomsday scenario was that they force vaccines upon everyone that uh, either create odd mutations that we end up with a worse like version of the virus or like it doesn't follow the normal course where it just kind of goes away or that people who got the vaccine become kind of immunodependent 
and then end up with like a weaker general immune system. Uh, there's 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 not too much terrible. I I'm much more worried about the the residual aspects of spike protein being expressed for weeks in your system instead of the days that they said it would be, and 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 that leakage into the bloodstream. I think and 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 so that goes to more of an immediate time after your vaccine. You know, in the first maybe couple months at most, where where things are kind of uh, uh, dangerous. I I I'm not sure about the long term consequences of the immune system all generally. Right. So new predictions on smoking guns. A while back, yeah. you had said to me, I, I was getting excited. I was like, do, do we end up with smoking guns? Do we end up with increased mortality tables and an ongoing basis? Which, by the way, to me, smoking gun doesn't even need it only be of the vaccine. It can be of the mandates, in my opinion, even though those are kind of two different things. But I guess we'll stay focused here and we'll talk specifically of the vaccine. Um, you had said that like it will become too murky. And we'll never really have a smoking gun. Uh, in your opinion, has anything changed? I think yes, because because of the public consciousness. So okay. part of my reasoning for that was just because not enough people were willing to consider that idea. It wasn't in like, I guess, what, their Overton window, you'd like to say, you know, it wasn't even on their mind. But now after the NFL player, like there are there are mainstream news organizations like you just read doing defense because so right. many people are on to something. You know, they're like dogs with bones, right? They're like, you know, you, you know, we're, we're dumb, but we're not that dumb. Something's going on here. Um, so... I, that gives me hope that with that kind of public scrutiny and, you know, and at least like some people in the government talking a, a nice game, we're going to get to some of these deaths where they will do an autopsy and they won't be able to hide that there'll be spike protein found in their blood, which will be the indicative cause of a blood clot or a stroke. And in fact, what they're not really telling you, because it's kind of just hidden in scientific literature, is that these vaccines, when when they release these warnings of myocarditis, like I just read from the paper, and strokes and heart attacks, they're a function of the vaccine leaking into our bloodstream, you know? So, so like, it's not, you know, so what I'm trying to get at here about connecting the dots and and like I could die tomorrow. I never thought I would speak about this. Like I, I used to live this for years, and like do this stuff in a lab and do like viral experiments. I and I could talk to no one about it. But the 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 crazy thing about the the vaccine. I'm sorry. What was I just saying? <laughs> you were talking about um, that the pu- general public is more oh. aware of this. Where it used to be, right. you were like, hey. I'm not getting on the phone with podcasters. The whole world's not interested in my sciencey information. But now, because of the consequences, everyone's aware. Bobby the Bank, I see that you're there. I'll have you on in a moment. Oh, sorry. Hey, yeah. Oh, it's good, dude. Just to just to finish up, that will be the smoking gun. Once once we get those studies that leak through that show that the spike proteins found in the blood of people that were recently vaccinated, and or and or maybe even previously, because how else would the spike protein end up there? It, they might try to blame it on COVID. And this is also a reason you might have heard of a lot of mortuaries finding people with, uh, you know, very stiff blood. That's because of the spike protein. And again, it's not all because of the vaccine. So it's going to be murky because everyone can say, oh, they just had COVID. Well, right. you, you know, so that's where it's murky. Um, as far as uh, uh, the virus versus humans, it's funny because as soon as th- this virus was made in the lab and it did have some modifications but as soon as you release it into the wild it's under its own selection pressure it becomes a wild virus very quickly like uh, you know i i used to struggle getting like influenza viruses to infect cells in a dish because they were used to infecting people and similarly when you infect cells in a dish it's very hard to, to skip that to people usually unless right. you design it to like they did in fucking china but that being said the virus has been out there for so long it's not a it's not really a mutant virus it's actually just a normal virus and normal viruses will always get less deadly as and and more contagious as they spread um and 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 um and that's just the way it is um yeah so so as far as that yeah so let's take a look at uh two quick news stories and then we're going to switch over to bobby the bank first is this was i came across this day i don't even know why (laughs) but COVID 19 vaccination bn whatever temporarily impairs semen concentrations in total (laughs) motile count among semen donors so no premium unvaxxed swimmers and then last one China COVID peaked to last two to three months, hit rural areas next expert. And uh, my question for you is, I I guess what's tragic about the China thing is they were locked down for what, two or three years now. And now they're just going through what they could have just three years ago. 
Like they right. had the most violent lockdowns, didn't work, and now they're finally coming out of it. And some assholes are going, look, this is why the lockdowns work. Look at it. But it's like at some point they have to end. At some point you just got to like just take it on the fucking chin and reset. So it's Ooh, almost hot, hot take. Yeah. They're dealing with a less deadly version now, though. Oh, so it might have actually uh, helped because they stayed locked down until a less deadly one was circulating and then they let everyone out. So it's actually better. From a purely mad scientist, you know, minus yeah. people getting burned in their apartments because they were locked right. or their dogs or cats being beaten to death, like really right. gross shit. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, think from, um, a, from a viral standpoint, yeah. the strategy actually worked because now they're 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 hitting like the curve, but it's against a uh, much a weaker. Like I just yeah, like I just right. said, it's not when we first hit it in the U.S. It was pre, it was a lab strain that went to people that alpha right. COVID. And then that's why it was the worst but as soon as it started mutating and and yes because the vaccine but because it's a normal virus it's going to get less deadly every right. single last, virus all the time last question for you how come they haven't figured out instead of rnas or vaccines purposely mutating viruses forward to like a less can like a to the less deadly strain and then infecting you with that i mean i guess that's like similar to what they do with like the other vaccines is that you get like the less deadly, ver but like, why couldn't yeah. you take the virus in a lab and basically just speed up like the progression until you end up with like the, you know, the more virulent and, you know, less deadly one and then just go out and infect people. Yes. That's brilliant. Two reasons, because if you change it, if you change it too much, your body's going to build antibodies to that new one and not the original one. Okay. And that, and that might actually somehow reverse and might help the original one. Maybe you know, but it might not help the original one. So, so there's a, it's kind of like a little bit indirect there, but what they do do for polio, they have what's called an inactivated vaccine. So it's a live virus, but what they do is they clip it with uh, genetic scissors. So it's kind of, it's not as infectious. So you can actually infect people with this virus and um, it, it won't divide, but it will get into their cells and trigger a reaction that would be like normal polio, but it's not. And that's actually what we do in a lab. So instead of using like a HIV virus to change cells, we will use like a modified HIV virus that can that can't uh, replicate. So so worst case scenario, if, if something gets in our blood, it's you know, it's not going to turn into AIDS. Love it. All right, Stephen, thank you for hanging out with us. We get the update. Now we're going to switch over to Bobby the bank. Get to pull down my slides here. And um, I think what's up, bud? I think we might be back up on uh, on YouTube now, but I plugged. I plugged at the top of the show that uh, immediately following this at 12 p.m. Eastern, people got an opportunity to win $100 in sheathware. Sheath store credit at sheathunderwear.com. And I was going to say, in the spirit of giving, I would like to give any of your, or not any of your, but one of your viewers right now, a, uh, a, a another $100 worth of store Jeez, credit. Jeez, and how, how, how do they win it? What, what, what's, uh, what are we going to do as the contest? Well, it's typically like random. So whoever's viewing right now, if they're subscribed or maybe, well, I would say if they go subscribe to our YouTube channel, but um, we would appreciate if you went and subscribed to the YouTube channel. How about if, this? You can see subscribers on a YouTube channel, right? Yeah. So whoever's next to subscribe, it's 1131. Whoever you see on the back end, subscribed 1132, 1133. First run your mouth listener. Right now, you go subscribe to the Sheath channel. You win yourself a hundred dollars worth of sheathware. Go do it. Go do there you it. Go. And I'll uh, and I'll pick one of you in the next few minutes. So, but um, you know, typically we talk about some sort of success tip, and that's what I wanted to talk about is just like giving more than you're asked for, or or more than is asked of you. Typically, you know, like sometimes we'll have customers that have an issue. You know, we um with the product maybe we sent them the wrong size maybe they ordered the wrong size and they call and say you sent me the wrong size and we'll take it on the chin and we'll sit we'll we're not going to say no actually you're the one that ordered the wrong size we're going to send you the right size i would ask for a picture of their junk in it just to make sure like hey i want to see that this doesn't fit you properly so go to the bathroom and send me a selfie of yourself in it that's mandatory we every order comes we have to uh you know, you have to send a selfie of your junk without the underwear on. Because... Oh, before and after so that we can uh, really Compare. size up the fact that it's not fitting properly. Yeah. If there's an issue, we want to verify it. 
So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just we're, we'd like to get you the right product and we'd like to be as customer friendly service as possible. But we just have to validate the fact that your junk doesn't actually fit in the sheath hole. Dude, this one guy, no lie, he's you know how it has the dual pouch system. And I love you, Jakey, but he sticks everything through the pee hole. Why? He likes it. And that he suggests seems like it would have a, a little too much grip it's constriction i don't know it's kind of like a cock ring sorry okay i think i was just like hey man do it do what makes you happy and then what he has sex with his pants <laughs> you gotta there's some maneuvering that ha must have to occur but uh you know maybe maybe it's like a pre-gym move and he's wearing gym shorts and he really wants to show it all off so he shoves it all into that into the the, the hole it's a little bit constricted and juiced up but he ends up getting mad honey leads of women just walking up to him and being like what's up and so it's worth it <laughs> yeah i mean if, if it works and getting some punani or what yeah then... then i can't fault his system yeah you should try it and let me know how that works i just feel like it would be a little painful and i but i tell him you know do you do you have you should maybe need to put a warning on there like it uh for improper like you're not reliable for improper usage if someone decides to stuff their entire junk up into the sheath hole yeah that's not a, that's not, not proper liable. usage i mean that's not that's not the way it's designed to be used yeah we might need to put actual directions on there but <laughs> you get like those like those uh <laughs> you gotta get like a cartoon drawing of like uh like a nice lady pointing to the holes like this is where your wiener goes yeah this is where your balls go and then also you can just wear them as briefs they're fine they work yeah as briefs. yeah i mean it I seems pretty self-explanatory i mostly if i find myself unsheathed i got sometimes i'll I, I it's fine until i realize and then i'm like oh let me just put myself back in the pouch i, I mean i, I sheath it when i'm like working out like if i'm going for a run i'm getting on the bike i i, I sheath it up if not i wear them as briefs they're great they're they're perfect they're the best boxer briefs you can buy on the market i promise you i would put them to the test against any other brand as far as quality is concerned we have these competitors some of our nemesis or nemeses whatever the word is um we get like com comparisons and they're like like Tommy John, for instance, or Shinesty, shout out to Shinesty. They're here in Colorado, but we have a online rivalry. And but our I just had someone tell me yesterday that they bought a pair for their husband and it already has a hole in it. Whereas if ours, if you get a hole that's not meant to be there in a sheath, we'll replace it within six months or so, you know. And sometimes I swear we've done it like this guy complained, it was like three years later. He said, that I got he... my pairs three years now and they have not even lost their original like elasticity to them. Like they're, they're not great. even they're not even any looser. They are like 100 percent same as out of the package. And I'm talking no. probably have had, I mean, multiple washes. Yeah, I mean, I, not that I clean my underwear every time I wear them, uh... but like, for the most part, <laughs> I'm, I'm giving them a wash after I wear them. Held the, stand the test of time. All right, Robert, I cut you off with nonsense. You were telling people business tip of uh delivering bigger than you promised you know i we're, we're having our car worked on this bmw that we bought it's a it would granted it was a piece of shit but the dude <laughs> has had it for 75 days now and he's not communicating with us garage texting him i don't know what he's doing i think he's having personal issues because he's like a local um mechanic and we were trying to do you know buy support local businesses and we met him at the Chamber of Commerce and we could have taken it to the dealership, the BMW dealership, no problem. But we were trying to help this dude out. And now it's 75 days later, he's not communicating. I'm like having to call a lawyer. I haven't done it, but I actually said, I'm going to, I'll see you in court. And then he was like, go for it. And then I was like, oh shit, he called my bluff. I was going to do it, but then I would start thinking, I don't want to fucking go to court. So I was like, you know what? It doesn't have to be like this. And I actually told him, I was like, look, if you just finish it, I'll give you an extra thousand dollars. Just fucking do the thing, you know, because I think he's honestly he's going through some personal uh, marital child custody shit. And but I'm giving him more just to get him to do the job he was supposed to do. But as a business, you know, that's not sustainable. And Beamer back. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a four wheel drive. We live in the mountains where it's snowing and we want to use it for 
more safe driving and he's had it pretty much the whole winter so by the time spring comes around we'll have it back and but the point is you can't stay in business like that you know and if we treated our customers like that when they had an issue we wouldn't be in business and part of the reason i i mean granted we have a quality product and it you have to have a quality product first and foremost but secondly you got to treat your customers right and when they have an issue you fix it and then some you know i want to i want them to be happy almost that we made an error or something bad happened so that at the end of the transaction they're like okay i they took care of me like better than any other company has ever done in the past and i get this from gary v gary vaynerchuk you know and i don't listen to him anymore because he says the same shit over and over again but in the beginning you know he's just like give 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 and then when you need something from your customers they're going to be there for you and you know when you need sales or whatever you send out an email text and they'll respond with the purchase and that's what you want i will say the companies that i've had like a hiccup with if they're highly responsive and they make right on it you, you become a more loyal customer exactly um i did want to also say this we're celebrating our 10-year anniversary Woo! yeah it's 10 years of teeth 10 years with, since our initial kickstarter if you look on kickstarter you know dot com or whatever and search for sheath then 2013 was the initial launch and there was 377 backers that funded our initial purchase and you know since then that number has grown to over 150,000 customers we were looking at the numbers this week and we're so grateful and uh you know just honored and blessed and i really appreciate all of you out there that support us so give us a shot america's greatest underwear company and you guys come through for shows and alternative content like this Stank fest we're gonna be yeah. back 2023 baby and oh, when i when I walked in to Skankfest, this last one in Vegas, right away, I mean, I was wearing a sheath shirt, of course, but this dude walked up to me. He was with his brother and he was like, are you General Robert Patton? <laughs> and I was like, it made me feel warm and fuzzy inside. And I was like, well, yes, I am, sir. <laughs> you need like a, like a general's outfit for next year, but like made, made from sheath, maybe like with the underwear on the outside, Ooh, like a superhero is... type getup. Yeah, like a like the stars uh, or like um, what's that American superhero guy, Captain America, yeah, type, type thing. That kind of jam, but like general clothes, the uh, Sir Sir Bobby the Bank. Maybe get a cape that's like a large like hundred dollar bill. Oh damn! <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get like you, work, you get dude. you get money uh, money sheath wear. The rest of the outfit can be black or black and green. Go go with that style, Bobby the Bank. I'm um. You get a scepter. <laughs> a scepter like yeah. a, is that like with the three prong thing no no no. it's just like the you know a spear like, yeah no i guess you could do a spear but you might get flagged walking down fremont street with a with a spear i don't know i don't know the rules of carrying weapons in vegas it's probably uh, you probably don't want you doing that neither do i all right bobby the bank thank you for uh another legendary business tip for the uh listeners of the run your mouth podcast you got something else no well so i couldn't i was trying to like multitask and see if anybody subscribed while we were doing this i don't even know how to find the subscribers but what i'm gonna do okay is i'm gonna find the first one that subscribed and if you would sorry whoever it is i'm doing a live stream here in about 20 minutes on the sheath channel if you go on there and like comment i subscribed we'll hook you up and and i'll get you that sheet and uh we gotta get a new hat going and we need a new hat new hat for robbie the fire and last year's was awesome the black and red it was in high demand and there were only 10 I available know. fans limited edition yeah they they went west quick. got one of them yes from Yes, um, I had to send him two actually because his dog ate one. But unbelievable, he took mine. He, I literally at Skinkfest, I gave him the one off my head because that's what we do. I'm telling you, you give, 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 and then it all comes back to you. It's a law of attraction, which you think you know, you give and you receive. What, are, what are we thinking for the uh 2023 run your mouth uh sheath hat design? I'm gonna put a run your mouth logo on there. Hell it's yeah, it's gonna be popping 
with I like red, but maybe we do a, like a blue this year. Okay, we, okay. We blue. We haven't done a. We've never done a blue hat. So, Mix it up. It's. I mean, it's it kind of representative of the Democrats, but it's not really. Okay. You know. Okay. Is there a, is there a libertarian color? I think yellow. I, I think, think they went is. with yellow, which put, um, but none of their branding is particularly like. I, I think it's cute. The porcupine thing or whatever. Yeah, por- the porcupine's all right. Porcupine's <sighs> all right. Then you get the the porcupine like holding a torch, keep it on theme or something. I mean, if any of you guys are libertarians out there, I spoke with Michael Heiss on the phone recently. Hell yeah, Mike's a man. Me. Yeah, he was great. He's super smart. Making, I mean, just talking to him, I felt like an idiot. But uh, we're gonna be hopefully, if all things go right, we're gonna be supporting the the libertarian tour that cool. they're doing to spread the word. And so we're gonna keep. I knew like, you would like Mike. He's got real leadership skills. Put together on. a movement out of nowhere, yeah. out of just pure sheer will, and getting after it, and just fucking plugging. Yeah, he's a, he's a true kind of patriot or whatever you know <laughs> holding yeah. a torch but right. yeah we can Robert, roll we always roll a pleasure out. and i got to uh i've been working out in the house a lot uh a lot of pull-ups a lot of body weight squats but i can tell my cardio's uh it's uh it's starting uh starting to dip because i'm not i'm not on the pool as often i haven't been riding my bike i haven't been running so i gotta step on my game if i'm gonna beat you up the incline again I, I didn't end up going because it snowed, but I did join a jujitsu gym. I've done nice. two classes and it's so therapeutic and wonderful and I love it. And I'm so happy that I joined and I'm like, why didn't you do this a long time ago? But if you are into it and have time, it's probably the best therapy and best workout uh, mentally, physically, spiritually that you can get. So if you're into that type of thing, I maybe rec- recommend I've never, it. I've never even tried, uh, like I, not that if I needed to spar or fight in any capacity, I'm sure that I wouldn't know how to apply my skills, but I actually have like, I, I, I like, I kind of know movie tie. Like I know how to throw knees, elbows, round houses, nice. and I have like fairly fast boxing hands, but I have not sparred at all. So like, like all my years of hit, hitting the bag, it's not like that clickable. Yeah, I don't think so. Cause I would, I would shell up. I wouldn't like, I, I, I don't think like, in other words, versus someone who's never done any of that. I think if I had more sparring experience, I could probably, you know what I mean? Like I'd have like a less Fighting of a chance. learning time than someone who doesn't even know how to like throw a punch. But when it comes to the like ground game, I mean, literally zero, I've never wrestled. I know nothing. I'm a white belt. I have, I'm literally start. I mean, I, I've been doing it on and off for 20 years, but they're starting me at this new school as a white belt. And um, it's humbling. I got my ass kicked by two girls this past Thursday uh, it, and multiple guys, a couple of badass, like crazy cauliflower ear dudes and right. they're like bending my wrist and stuff. And so, but it's, it, it's good for your soul. I don't know. But anyway, I won't keep you. Thank All you, right, everyone. Maybe I'll find a jiu-jitsu gym. Robert, always a pleasure. Likewise. All right. See you guys on the other channel, Sheath Underwear YouTube, in 20 minutes, 15 minutes. Bye. Bye-bye. On one